I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub. This is a friendly local food hub. It's based in Bermondsey. It's run by our very own Kelly Webster of the Mill Lionesses, a very well-known Mill fan. They do need supplies, dear listeners. Before we get into the show today, they have posted they need tinned meat, they need toiletries, they need soup, they need tin fruit and veg. If you can help in any way, they are on Twitter, at Lions Food Hub. DM them, you can DM me at Mill and I will pass on any help and information that we can lions food hub at lions food hub thank you for listening now back to the show you're listening to after law broadcasting from the beautiful south Burnley. except no substitute well hello dear listeners welcome to the show the morning after the night before after a very very welcome 2-1 win over Preston North End. Joining me to chew over the cud of last night's eventual decent performance is Mr. Michael Avery. How are you doing, Michael? Very well, Nick. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners. Whenever you're listening to this, the promotion pushes back on. So the, car is, <laughs> the car is squeaky, but we're getting there. Don't That'd say it. Nice. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> We've really gone through one dismissal of promotion this season. Um, I can't live through another one. I mean, it was it was a very welcome win, Michael, last night, wasn't it? Two one victory in the end over um, a, a well organised Preston side containing the the dearly beloved Jason Malumbi, who's um, so many hearts yearn for at Millwall. Um, I mean, it was a strange performance. We were just speaking off air, listeners, and I thought it was a. You know, talk about a contrasting range of of, of uh, performances and and then the eventual outcome. I mean, you went through the whole gamut of emotions last night. I thought we were very poor in that first half, Michael, and then we came good in the second half. How did you see the game last night from your side? Um, I'm slightly more positive than that, if you will. I actually thought we we started the half reasonably well. Um, we said off air, and I think I even put it on on Twitter yesterday with Mines Unic um, yeah. that. I, I, we, it was clumsy. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily great football at the beginning by any stretch. But it, it was a bit more lively. The ball was being moved around a bit more. Uh, I mean, even though they were wayward passes, it was being moved around a bit more than it normally is. The usual sideways, backwards, look up, sideways, backwards, look up. Um, I did think that when they when they scored, it just totally took the wind out of the sails. Though, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I think. I, I think. I think. A first half. I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say it was like unbelievably 
poor and boring to watch. But apart from those two goals, there was a severe lack of quality, wasn't there? I mean, there was players that was well out of position. Um, Preston's goal proves that, and and the passing was woeful. But it, as you say, it got better in the second half, and ultimately, I think uh, it turned into a bit of a kind of Ryan Woods master show, if you will, because I think well, the some of the passes he played was excellent. By the end of the game, we were battering them, and we we deservedly won it. I thought, um, yeah, first half, the less the less said, the better. I mean, it was a quality, quality goal by um, Ched Evans, who's, I'm sure if there'd have been fans in the den, Michael, then his name would have been, um, you know, taken in vain a good few times. But um, as it is, it's an empty, empty arena. And, um, you know, he, 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 got a, he got off lightly in that sense. But it's certainly a, a, a fantastic strike to put Preston in front. Um, I mean, it's great to see Jake Cooper back in defence. I just thought maybe that for that incident, um, it wasn't Cooper's fault, but there was a lot of space given to Evans to take a shot, um, which, you know, ultimately, I, th- I think, um, like so many goals this season, have been almost self-inflicted. We've just given decent players time and space to to, to, to do their stuff. And that's that, that comes back to hold you, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right. And with with that long ball that was played, I mean, the second he left his boot, didn't it? You just saw two players out on that on the far post. On the far side of the pitch, yeah, just, options this, available. This, this yeah. is just asking, yeah, this is just asking for trouble. I think, I think, obviously, if, I think the way he's hit the ball, you can sort of see. I think the furthest player was the target because he was just in so much space. Luckily for them, it sort of came up a bit short, bounced around a bit. But those, those sort of goals, Nick. I mean, yes, it wasn't a sort of great performance, but you don't. It's weird saying it. You don't mind conceding goals like that, like 20, 25 yard volleys, because there's nothing you can do about them. No, especially it's a world, when world class strike. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, especially you know. when they hit that sweep, there is nothing you can do. Um, granted, the build up to it wasn't ideal. Um, but yeah, you're right. Chid, cool. you may, can you imagine if you had 15,000 people in the den and Chad Evans turned up? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that we're really, really missing. I mean, the, 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 I like that back lineup: the Cooper, Hutch, and now George Evans. That's a that's a, a back three that I like. And you know, um, apart from that moment of um, a little bit of looseness in defence, and that could possibly come back to Marlon Romeo pushing further forward, and he might have um, you know might have done otherwise. But there's just space given, and, and we were punished for it. And there's nothing you can do. But there's certainly nothing Bart Bielkowski could do in in the Millwall goal. Um, the I mean, there's a start for Billy Mitchell last night, and I just want to maybe name check him at the very start and probably at the very end of the show because I just think that was a really strong midfield showing, um, including Ryan Woods, who came good and he's been a boo boy, and you know, uh, but working alongside Billy last night, Woods started to show some of the attacking quality that maybe hasn't we haven't seen enough of over over the time. No, you're right. Um, I think with Woods. I think there's an argument there. You, you do play him in that sort of further forward position than just in front of the uh, just in front of the back three or back five. Uh, Mitchell, yeah, you're right. He was excellent, wasn't he? He had a really, really good game. And, I thought so. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's also an interesting thing as well if you think about it because you've got Danny McNamara. Fair enough, he went out on loan and got some experience there and came back. But it's it's quite promising that we've got these youthful players who, who, if you do give them a punt, actually seem like they can do a job, doesn't it? If Also, Tyler Bury looks looks all right when he, when he features. But there's a, there's a lot of talk. Of, and Neil Harris said it, didn't he, um, a couple of years ago, that the Championship's a hard division to sort of give Very hard, time. Very hard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to give, yeah. give youngsters time and sort of blood them in. But I, I, I think Billy Mitchell, McNamara, Tyler Bury, over the recent weeks, have taken to it like a duck to water. And... 
And we said it a few weeks back, didn't we, with Ryan Woods, that I, I personally think he's being sort of judged by those that play alongside him, similar to like how Josh Wright was judged if he didn't have anyone half decent next to him or, or Ed Upson, for example, players like that. But it just goes to show if you actually have a player who we said sort of could do that little bit of dog work for Ryan Woods and let him he express walk, himself. Yeah, it, gives it, him it, it, it shows. Yeah, it gives him the freedom. It shows what he can do. And I mean, we, we said it off air and it's been spoken about a lot on social media as well, but that, that pass to Jed Wallace was inch perfect, wasn't it? That's the one that was cut yeah. back across. It was absolutely inch perfect. And and he makes, there's times with Ryan Woods where I can understand the frustration that the fans get with him sometimes. Don't get me wrong. So don't come in here and think that you've got a Ryan Woods yin-yang um, with me and Harry. But um, but I do think, I do think that uh, with him, when he actually does play those nice balls through, it's just so effortless. And and I said this morning to someone as well that normally when you sort of play that ball over the top, it's even if you've got a fast paced centre forward, it's very hit and hope, isn't it? It's just mm. like, well, I'm going to hit this long and hopefully someone gets on the end of it, like a Michael Owen or a Gareth Bale or, or players like this. But even that ball that he played long up to Mason Bennett, it, it literally landed on his head inch perfect and we scored again. So what a performance by Ryan Woods. Do we think Billy Mitchell will start the next few games? We don't know because McNamara was on a decent run of form and he's not back in the side, is he? Yeah, Dan, Danny Mack, it's been tough on him. Romeo um, has been selected over him. and That's harsh, I thought. Danny Mack had done nothing wrong there. But you're right, that was an exquisite ball through from, from Woods for the winning goal. But we have our own exquisite voice joining us on the show now, dear listeners. Mr Aaron Paul joins us. How are you doing, Aaron? Yeah, not bad. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. We're just um, in celebratory mode after that hard-fought win last night over uh, a decently organised Preston without being terribly inspiring, I thought, last night. But that was a good win for the Lions and, and much needed. It, it just gives a bit of a shot in the arm to, um, I don't want to say the playoff campaigns. I, I, I don't quite believe it personally, but certainly the aim of finishing, what, top 10 should be now a realistic aim for the Lions? Would you would you agree with that, Aaron? Or do you still see us outside chances? No, 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 no. Look, you know, I say on this podcast, we're always realistic, aren't we? We're not... Try to be, yeah. We're, we're not dreamers and we're not sort of, you know, fantasists, if you like. Um, you know, I read some media outlets yesterday saying that Mills sort of, you know, playoff hopes, they've still got a glimmer of life in them and stuff like that. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think the club scores well. The, the team, sorry, the club, well, the team scores enough goals. For no, it. yesterday, I, I obviously, look, you get a last minute winner, it's great, cool. Um, but Preston are Barcelona, you know? No, they, they, they've not been the best this season, Preston, compared to last season, where they were actually a good side. It feels as if Alex Neal's sort of um, things are just getting a bit stale from over there. And a last minute winner is always good, it's always celebrated. There are the foundations of a core there. I think for everyone to do with Millwall right now, they just can't wait for the season to be done with so you can get to June, July, have the clear out, sign some new players, get to August, packed up, then and we go again. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting last night. I don't know if you picked up on this, Michael, but Max was saying how um, the club are planning for, well, as you would hope, they would plan for the closed season from May onwards, you know, um, they have plans. They, they have. They know what they want to achieve out of the the summertime business. Players will leave. Some will come in. We hope. Um, so I, I think there is a strong sense now of, of, of getting the season done. I, I do think. I think it was Jake Sanders um, posted how yeah. if we 
the kernel. If, if we can finish in the top 10, and if we're in within touching distance of the top six without being in it, I think there are too many bodies in front of us. Um, that's really not a bad outcome for what has been a very tough season, Michael. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of our influential players who we've sort of have all got arguments for player of the year um, have been out injured for sort of extended or are going to be out for extended periods of time. Yeah. Um, I don't know many other clubs in that in that position who who get so many players who mean so much. Aaron, you said about a spine at Millwall um, and you continue to say a spine about Millwall like when you're on the show. A lot of that spine goes and um, and not many not many teams in that position losing that many players would be where we are now. I do think as well, you said about being realistic, Aaron, it, it does make you think as well with Gary Rowett, how he changed the mindset. I know that some people are a bit Rowett out, haven't really taken to him, don't like his brand of football. But as we've said before, he's come to Millwall because he wants to get something as well. You know, he wants to obviously do well here so he can get a bigger job. You've got a team now in Millwall. Say, for example, we do finish in the top 10 this season. We finished in the top 10 of the championship, what, three out of the last four seasons? Yeah. yeah. It's something like that. Outside of Millwall, any other team would think, oh, let's go for it next year. But Millwall have got that realistic thing ahead where they think, cool, blimey, we've done well. Like, like that sort of Jake Sanders thing. So it will be interesting to see what happens next year because as Max was saying, you know, we're building on this, we're trying to do this going forward. And if the talk of Gary Rowett's third season is going to be, I want to get Millwall up in, in promotion, it, it should, fingers crossed, be quite an exciting season for us. As long as, like you say, when we get this one out of the way and, and sort of have a decent finish and not too many people get injured or, or sold on. I mean, I think after, let's be honest, boys, I mean, it was, it was largely speaking, it was a terrible first half. I mean, in terms of quality, we've mentioned already Chet Evans's world-class strike. That really was, I mean, it was against us, so we can't enjoy it particularly, but it was, that was about the only moment of any, any, any note in the, in the, in the first half until that uh, 39th, 40th minute strike from Scott Malone, which is another really good shot from distance. I mean, he's a, he's a really strong attacking wing back, I suppose you'd call him. Um, I'm just giving a little bit of space to, to line it up. So if I was a Preston, um, you know, on the Preston side of things, I'd be querying the amount of time and the fact that no tackle came in. But he took that chance brilliantly well and it really, really boosted the spirits on the back end of a tough first half. I, I Definitely. I, for me, though, I don't know about anyone else. I'm worried that Wayne Rooney's going to recall him to Derby. You know that? And tell him, right, you know what? Come on, we need someone to experience that back line because they've got a very young squad there. Yeah, I'm really, really worried that you're going to lose him, and then you're going to be searching and hunting around for another fullback, uh, an attacking fullback, especially. Well, I mean, Derby are 18th, Aaron. I mean, they they they're not exactly having a fiesta of football up there. I know that. I know they're. Well, in no, a... no, 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 no. But he's 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 turned shit around. You know, they were they were sort of really sort of lurking in the bottom three for a while. Yeah, Rooney's managed to turn things around. Granted, they got beat yesterday by Cardiff, but you know, Mick McCarthy seems to be sort of the wonder man at the moment, and he's 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 really got Cardiff playing and and firing. But I just I'm I don't want to see Scott Malone go back there. I I I would like to see the club turn it into a permanent deal. It was interesting. I was just watching Gary Rowett in the post-match video when he, took, he speaks to Billy after the game and he actually name-checked Scott Malone and he almost openly said, we want to sign him. He did say it, actually, not almost. He did say it at the end of the season. So I think, um, you know, that the, 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 uh, the, the, the advances are being made um, quite openly that we want him 
at the den next season. And I think if we can sign him, that was a great performance last night by Malone. Um, and he's, you know, he's been one of the five goals for the season. He's been one of our most consistent performers across across the season. But you're right, Aaron. I mean, Derby have <laughs> they, they they have a, they have a need, and maybe they'll record him. We'll, we'll see. But um, let's keep our fingers crossed on that front. Um, the second half, though, I mean, uh, Michael, you mentioned Gary Rowe at football, and, and there's been a few. I mean, Harry is, is always um, saying he doesn't like the kind of football that we play um, under Gary Rowett. But I thought the second half, we must be fair, because that was very much the kind of football I like playing. We, we actually took the game to Preston in that second half. There was one moment early where they had a shot over the bar, and apart from that, I've got nothing noted on the Preston front at all. It was always... Mill chance, mill chance, penalty shout that I think should have been given, moments of, of, of danger. It was us battering them. And that's that's the kind of football that I think is Gary Rowett's aim. And if that's the aim, then that's with a with a full den, that's going to be something to, to behold if that's played consistently across the game. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and it was sort of, as you say, it was good to watch. You know, Mason Bennett's chance. You know what? As we as we always say, with a crossbar, a couple of inches lower, and it's in. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned that Woods pass through to Jed. Jed cuts it back. Could have got more from something there. We had the penalty shot, as you say. And Alex Neil size. I know you say that Preston aren't necessarily like doing great this season, Aaron. And and you know, sort of um, their sort of losses in the loss losses column would suggest that. But you know that. Before yesterday, they won four more games more than Millwall. So they're they're actually getting a lot more sort of positive and forward performances than we've been getting. But but yeah, you're right. His sides are normally very organised, very hard to break down, and and they only look like one winner in the second half, didn't they? Really. And I said it, I said it to Nick before before we uh, started recording, didn't I? You've got to talk about the character of the side because we had three disappointing results against Wickham, Luton, and Barnsley. I know we got two draws, but again. You know, you should be winning those games. But if you look at the Reading game, it's very similar, where Millwall prop could have maybe been the better side yesterday in the opening 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then we concede a goal, heads go down. But then something happens, we turn it around and we end up turning around and winning the game. Now, that's a, that, that, I think that shows real, real character. I know it's a cliche, but to be to be 1-0 down um, in a season where thought the fans on social media are quite vocal aren't, aren't openly happy, and you put on a second arm performance like that which ends up you winning the game and then getting you only seven points away from the top six yeah it's that is the sort of football you want to see but again to quote Mr Mike Hayden Jerry Skalak it's the consistency we need to do it every single week and then we might actually see some results just on, on that Preston point they've got a better squad than Millwall I'm sorry mate some of the players in their squad Alan Brown is a very very good footballer you've got Ryan Ledson uh, Tom Barkays and Scott Sinclair, they, they've got some real good players in there. They're underachieving, mate. They're, they're underachieving completely. And and granted, you know, they, they've got, um, you know, sort of, I think, did you say what, they've got more wins than Millwall? They've got um, yes. Preston, 13 wins, yeah. Um, as I mean, the they should. Yeah. They're bloody right, they should. This is a team that everyone thought would get the playoffs last year. They've tailed off completely, completely and utterly tailed off. Um, and I, I personally think that Alex Neal's kind of lucky that he's still knocking around there. Um, I mean, Peter Ridsdale's their chairman. For anyone who knows sort of their football, they'll know who Peter Ridsdale is. He's the ex-Leeds chairman, isn't he? Yeah, the man who, the man who killed Leeds. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, a few people might be sort of cheering at this right now, but I really would have thought that Ridsdale would have pulled the trigger right. 
by now, but they've stuck with him and 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 it is what it is. I'd say both Millwall and them consistently inconsistent. I know yeah. what is it, one defeat in ten now for 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 Mill, but you know, it's about converting those draws against the Wickham Wanderers and the Lutons of this world into wins, isn't it? Well, this is where we. I want to come on to um, an enigma, in my opinion, which is John Daddy Bovarson. My heart sighed um, when I saw him starting, I'll be honest, and I thought in the first half the game was going on around him and he wasn't involved. But we have to be fair. We have to, we have to sp- tell it like we see it. I thought in the second half, as the game wore on, as it seemed to me that they, they kept mentioning Matt Smith warming up on the side and maybe he'd had a roasting at halftime from Gary Rowett because... He needed it, but he was really strong in the second half. I thought he was unlucky a few times. He was not given... Uh, chances were created where he was he was a man three and the ball wasn't played to him. Um, a couple of months... Jed, I, I think I mentioned on on Twitter, because uh, Jed had a, took a shot on from a tight angle when John Daddy was the option that, you know, would have maybe been the percentage ball. Um, and I thought he came good in the second half. But what an enigma, Aaron, because it seems to be... It comes back to consistency, because... When he when he he seems that he needs the uh, the rocket up his ass, and when he gets that, he'll, he'll play. When he sees Matt Smith warming up, and he knows he's going to be hooks if um, you know in the next few minutes, he seems to react. Well, you need to react from the moment the kickoff takes place, and it, it's frustrating because you know he's, he's not alone in that. But I, I think you have to you know I just wanted to praise his second half performance because he did show what he could be capable of, and whether he's going to be one of these players that goes through a whole career. Um, you know, turning over his mind what could have been or not, I don't know, because you do have a sense of that. Yeah, you know, he's just a grand disappointment, really, for me, Bod Varson, a real, real disappointment. Um, I thought he'd be released last year. That's I, th- I thought he'd disappear last year, but, you know, his his goal record is, is poor. You know... It was very poor. One, yeah. th- one thing, one thing Nick, Nick, you know, we talked last week about um, players and recruitment and stuff, and I saw a lot of people interacting on social media with us about that discussion about, you know, Mill changing their style of play and having mm-hmm. patience and stuff. Effectively, that's what Gary Rowett's starting to do. He's, he's starting to, to change that style of play. But, 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 this is the key thing. I think Gary Rowett appreciates he doesn't have the personnel to change the style of play. He doesn't have the strikers to play the style of football that he wants to play. Because Millwall can create chances, granted. The finishing's just abysmal. Oh, it's awful. awful. So, you know, in, in that bank of strikers, Zahor, Bradshaw, Bennett and Bod Varson, I'd say the most informed right now is Mason Bennett. And even then, his goal record, it's not... It's not great. And obviously, you, you know, you've got Matt Smith in there. I think if Rowett is given the chance to bring his own players in and to bring, yeah, to, to bring his own attackers in, I think we'll just see a change. I really think we'll see a change. And I think the style will, will improve and, and sort of people's mindsets will improve towards Gary Rowett. Well, it's an interesting, you name-check the, 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 the front players, the front-line players. Um, and as a collective, it's probably only Zohor. Mason is showing form now, so I think I probably would want to retain him. Um, Smith is always going to be Matt Smith, so unless you're going to play Matt Smith-style football, he's, he's going to suffer. But um, I think I'd like him in the squad. But, I mean, the Bradshaws and the John Daddies, um, they're not good enough, and it's it's not good enough 
really, despite my praise for, for last night's showing, where he did show what he could do, you know, you, got, you, you just haven't produced. I mean, he's had, he's had enough opportunities over the, over the time. It was interesting, actually. I spoke to a Reading podcast a few weeks back when we played at, at uh, the Majeski, and the chap I was speaking to, there we got onto the subject of John Daddy, and, and the very same points that frustrate us as Millwall fans were the, the points that were frustrating the the uh, the, the Reading supporters because he said the same thing. You had this sense that there was a good player lurking somewhere inside, but it just never quite pops out, you know. And that's you, you can't build a football career on that basis. I I wouldn't be unhappy to see um, Bradshaw. I think he's contractually we may, we may have to pay him off because I think he had a, a contractual extension. If I remember right. I don't know if you saw that, Michael. He's, he'll he's, he'll get look at the end of the day. He'll get a League One move. I don't think they'll release him because that'd just be financially stupid. But you know, if they can get him a League One move where he can go and recapture his form, I think that's what he needs. You know, the opportunity to go and actually play football, Regularly. to go and play forty-six games, and and try and try and recapture some form. Um, where he goes, who knows? I know there's a, a club in South West London that'll take him. Money, <laughs> so, you know, if anyone from the club's listening, pick the phone up. Hit up my pal Robbo because I know he will. Uh, he, he'll probably take him off your hands. He'll take most of your players off your hands. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. And I actually wanted to bring up a, a point with with you, chaps. The old-fashioned target, man. The old-fashioned centre-forward. I was on Five Live last night with Kelly Coates talking about Kiefer Moore. Eight goals in ten games. And yeah. Mick McCarthy now. Yeah. Is the old-fashioned centre-forward unfashionable now in the championship? Because I'm trying to think of clubs who have these big, burly centre-forwards. Mill obviously have Matt Smith. They don't like to use him, but they have Matt Smith. Obviously, Cardiff have 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 key for more. You know, I was at Swansea on Saturday. I watched them play. They should have been six or seven nil up in the first half. But the fact of the matter is, is they don't have someone who's going to stick it in the old onion bag. Mm. And you know, you you speak to Swansea fans, they're like, "Yeah, we need a striker," but Cooper won't buy one because it it, it goes against his run of play. But I'm just looking at all the clubs and wondering who has that out and out brute sort of centre forward. And quite a few clubs don't. I I I love love the traditional English centre forward Matt Smith. I mean, I you know his main problem, of course, is his lack of pace. And you probably do need that if you if you have pace and you have physical power. Then no matter what style of football you're playing, Aaron, you're going to be a force, aren't you? You're going to be um, you know you're you're, you're going to be a version of Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the end because you combine power with athleticism. It's the pace and the and and the speed that is probably going to be the the thing that um, decides whether you're a great or a so-so. But I know I, I'd love to see a big centre forward. I mean, I, I like Matt Smith. It's just that we you probably have to build your whole style back into Neil Harris four four two, and that for whatever reason is seen as as, as passe. No one's no one's playing that style anymore. But um, I, I don't I don't entirely dig the um the kind of um the, the kind of the modern false nine all this kind of nonsense i i like to see i'm a Millwall fan at the end of the day Aaron. i can't help it i've been brought up with it you just want to see the ball into the box and get a man on the end of it and take a few players with it <laughs> what about you michael do you love do you love the traditional english center forward or are you a modernist in that way um i am a modernist if we play and we win <laughs> um, but also as well, um, I'm, I'm, I still, I, I think, I think the long ball centre forward is good to have up your sleeve in the sense, as you say, Aaron, and you say there, Nick, about 
the, the, how the game changes and like you don't see much of it anymore because it's something that other teams sort of don't do in training. So that's why when Matt Smith does come on for the last 20 minutes, it, it seems like he makes a real impact because no nobody does it anymore. I think I think the game is evolving away from that old English centre forward as 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 we all know. And I don't I don't think you'll get it back because people are seeing the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Barcelona a few years back. Bayern Munich under Guardiola as well, who played this sort of on the floor football and think, well, to be that level, we need to do it as well. Mm. Um, I think as well, I, I remember seeing a few years ago a, a Mill against Derby uh, at the Den, and it always always sticks to my mind when uh, the, the goalkeepers, I think it's Carson, he's got the ball, um, he's got the ball for a goal kick. You've, you've got the two fullbacks on the edge of the box, and then you've got the centre half Keo um, in the middle of. Uh, to receive the ball short, it was I think it was Gregory and Morrison, whoever I sent it towards were, they sort of done the, the, the split, you know, where they stand in between the two. And Carson was there for about a minute because he was like, it just seemed like he didn't know what to do. It just seemed like he couldn't comprehend that we kicked the ball long anymore. And I remember him sort of like sticking his arms up in the ref's direction as if to indicate, ref, you shouldn't, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. So um, that, that goes back to it with the, um, with the Matt Smith argument. Because you don't see it anymore and you don't see in the top two divisions, it seems to work. It's this ex- ex- expectation that the front line will press. I mean, I suppose Barnsley, we saw that last Saturday, where you're pressing, pressing from the from you know, from the from the front line all the way backwards. And that's 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 good stuff. I, I quite like that too. But um, many, many of your traditional English centre forwards, Matt Smith is probably the the epitome of that, um, can't do that very, very well because they lack the um they like the running power and the, and the, and the, and, the, and the rest of it. Um, I mean, Kiefer Moore. I mean, you've mentioned him at Cardiff there, Aaron. I mean, he's, he's certainly turning it on at the moment. Um, I suppose he, uh, Cardiff looked like they're set fair for the playoffs. We'll see how the season plays out. It's whether they would uh, a player like Kiefer will succeed at the higher level. I mean, that's really going to be where these things are decided. I mean, you can be a great player in the championship, but then disappear without trace when you get to the to the Premier League. So. Um, I personally love to see a player. I mean, we saw Kiefer the other week when we went to Cardiff and I thought he looks a really, really strong player. Um, and I love that kind of player. But whether whether the game in in the kind of um, the elite sense will swallow him up and, um, you know, he'll stay a, a decent championship player all of his life, which is no dishonour, I don't know. You're listening to After Normal. Also, Mason Bennett, because that was a really brave goal that he, he scored last night to, to win it to 185 minutes. A brilliant, brilliant ball through from um, Ryan Woods. Who knew that he could attack, boys? I mean, who knew that he could play those kinds of, um, you know, really pick, well-picked-out pass? And a ball through that found from Bennett, and he was a really brave header, almost on the on the fist of the of the oncoming goalkeeper. That was that's traditional English centre forward play. You put your head in where it hurts. So fair play to him. I thought he took that really well. Yeah, his um his, his aerial work for some of his size and his stature and what you look at him and you think, are you that type of player? Is is very good. You know that goal against Reading was another superb header that he got so much power on. And yesterday, as you say, for a player who has, who is notorious with injury, let's not let's not forget actually put his body on the line to actually try and win a header and then win the game for us. So I think, I think, as I said a few weeks ago, I think if Mason Bennett is consistent and he, he plays to his ability, he's got to be one of the first players that's on that team sheet. There's just no doubt about it. But, but like we said as well, a couple of weeks back, 
he he seems to be enjoying it at Millwall, and that could have been what his problem was at Derby and other clubs he's been at that he's not really found a sort of home or somewhere to be settled. But he seems like he likes it here. He he, he seems like he's a popular member of the squad. Yeah, and 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 obviously sort of Gary Rowett uh, likes him. Um, unfortunately, that that stat where he's not completed a full ninety minutes is still true because I think he come off in the eighty eighth minute. Um, but it's as close as you can get to the 90th minute, isn't yeah. it? But they, Mason, Mason had a great game yesterday, I thought. Great second half. I don't get hung up on, on that. I mean, I, I want to come back in a bit to statistics and in the football because I think sometimes these these are misleading. I mean, whether he's completed 90, he's done 88, so what? I mean, it, it, he's got a goal, he's played well, he's playing well generally, and I don't personally give a shit whether that means that People can dig him out for not completing 90 minutes. I don't know what what people seem to have a, a need online to to find and pick at little, um, you know, pick at the seams of things at times. Um, I just thought he, he, there was a story that um, he'd lost a half a stone in weight and I think he is looking faster. He's looking strong and I think he's really he, carving... He looks sharp, doesn't he? He looks really sharp. He's carving out a first choice place for himself now and I think that's... You know, he's, he's had his troubles, Aaron, hasn't he? He's, he's come, he's had a difficult time of things. And I think it's great to see a player with clear talent coming good. It's, it's, that's what football is for, in my opinion, to see yeah. these kinds of stories. Sorry, you know? sorry, Nick, I got distracted by one of them headlines. You know, okay. like, uh, ex Cory star Ryan Thomas works as burger delivery driver in 200,000 <laughs> Rolls Royce. And it turns Jason out. Jason Grimshaw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it turns out. What, what, what would what would Eileen think? Really, yeah, exactly. oh, mate. I can't. Eileen, Eileen just winds me up. But yeah, um, can you believe it? They they proper stitched me up because it was his, his it was his brother's restaurant, and like he <laughs> he, he wasn't. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, the big stories on Acton Millwall. Um, was yeah. his name Grimshaw out of? Uh, yeah. I don't watch the show. Jason, not Todd. Do, do you know okay. what? For, for everyone listening to this now, um, in the future, every time you think or hear the words Mason Bennett, you're going to think of that tall blonde woman from Coronation Street. <laughs> but well done, Mason Bennett. Well done, Grimshaw, for delivering his burgers. And well done. Nick, are you not a Corrie fan? No, I haven't watched it in years, mate. Not since yeah, the year. When was the last time you watched Corrie? Uh, Ken Barlow, wasn't it? Mike Baldwin and Ken Barlow are having a row. Mike Baldwin's just died Mike, recently. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah, they were, they were rowing. Deirdre's hand was at stake, and I think uh, Baldwin was trying to lure her away with his with his fast London talk away from Salford, and that was his that's fast a, London talk. Yeah, and there's this flash Mac. You know, this Mac on and this suit shirt and tie. And what about Ken Barlow with his pullover? All very intellectual and full of sociology talk, but really, I mean, up against Mike Baldwin, his fast flash motor. Um, I think it was Deirdre's head was turned. I think she do went you, back to Ken in the end. On the, she was, do you think that Deirdre was quite the, quite quite the Brahma back quite, in the day? Quite the hook. Um, well, <laughs> she never did much for me, but you know, um, you know, I, I, a long while ago now. I suppose um, Gail. There was Gail. Did she have a Susie? A mate, she had a mate called Susie who worked in the factory, Baldwin's factory. But we, I feel like we're straying far from the straight path of Millwall here, chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to Mason Bennett. Yeah, he's looking well done, good. Mason. <laughs> yeah, good work, Mason. Nice one, lad. Well done, Jake Cooper. Gary Rowett speaking after the game mentioned his desire to play. He went up to Barnsley, trained on the pitch at Barnsley on Saturday, which shows 
showed the manager his desire to play. Um, we knew he wasn't perfect, says Gary Rowett, but that's the type of player he is. And he also name checks Billy Mitchell. I, I'd agree with Gary Rowett was outstanding. I thought he really did some work and actually kept Jason Malumbi, the um, you know the much sought after Jason Malumbi, kept him quiet, reduced him to rugby tackles by the end of the game. So. Well done, well done both. Um, a couple of social media comments, run overdo these. Wallart um, says Jed turned up in the second half. I find Jed a frustrating player, chaps, by the way. I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'm, I might be speaking, um, you know, kind of blasphemy here and amongst the Millwall crowd, but he can be, he, he's clearly our best and most creative player, but he can be a little self-indulgent at times. Um, maybe that comes with the turf, but he can frustrate sometimes when, you know, he, like I said, he took on a, a tight angle, backed his own ability, you could argue, last night when John Daddy was open. Um, I, sometimes he frustrates me. But anyway, um, Woods also turned up, says Wallarts, and shocking keeping for our winner. So Wallarts blaming their goalkeeper for, um, for that. I would say so, I guess. Phil Clark praises John Daddy, thought he did really well in the second half. Um, Jake Sanders again. We're quoting Jake a lot. I'm gonna have to get Jake back on the show, chaps. Hello, channel. Huge win for Mill. Three goals in six games for Bennett, compared to one in twenty for prior to that. Two winning goals as well. Impressive form in recent weeks. And finally, Murph Payne says Jason Who. Jason Who, dear listeners. Um, boys, I want Grimshaw. I wanted to mention um, the role of statistics in the sport. I mean, because we, we, we live in an era now where sport is dominated by stats. And I was watching a German game and they're telling you how many kilometres the players have run. I don't know what difference it makes to anyone, how far they've run. But um, Carl Bates put out a thing um, saying that for the second game running, Alex Pierce, who was dropped last night, of course, was the Millwall player who found every made every pass? Um, this is Opta statistics that he's found here. Only one player out of the 22 that started last Saturday at Barnsley managed to find each of his teammates in the starting, and that was Alex Pierce. And that's a good statistic, isn't it? That's that's you know, Opta will say, "Well done, Alex Pierce." And yet, I thought Alex Pierce um, brought a note of panic to our defence on Saturday. That. Um, Belied any statistical evidence to the contrary, and last night I thought we looked much more solid without him. It's—I don't know. Sometimes statistics are—they're misleading in 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 their intent. I, I don't know if I'm making my point well here, but I can't—I can't relate what I saw on Saturday to that statistic. Yeah, they're much of a muchness. I mean, one thing I'll say is, you know, if if you check out my 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 podcast, seventy two plus on BBC Sounds. Sorry for the. Uh, the uh, <laughs> That's all right. Um, <laughs> I, I refuse to be drawn into like these bullshitty stats, stats debates, especially XG. I think that's one of the yeah, worst. What's that? What's that? It's artificial bollocks. It's basically, it's just another opportunity for people to look like they know what they're on about. Don't you think football's just turned into this really complex, complex thing full of like low blocks, XG, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's, shit like that? No one cares, man. Just stick the ball in the back of the net and don't concede any. It's you know, the Americanization of our sport, Aaron. It's, it, I mean, if you follow American sports and especially baseball, especially American football, but you're bombarded with meaningless statistics at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's about how many points have you scored on the scoreboard, and the rest of it is is so much hot air, you know. And we're doing it in football. I don't know why we're doing it in football. It's just watch soon they'll be selling corn dogs at the den, nachos, 
Pop, yeah. Pop, at that West End, don't they? Popcorn sellers going around. Jason Grimshaw might be selling them the way he's with his That's it, company. mate. The way his career's going, yeah. yeah. Stick to Angelo Peretti yeah. and, and, a, and a bad <laughs> nuke. Can, can, yeah, can I just say, though, with, with the stat oh, quickly, I mean, oh. do you remember the Fulham game a couple of years ago where... Um, 84%. They destroyed, yeah. They absolutely destroyed us. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think Sky, as they usually do, they love us that, don't they? They said sound like there was it was the first time there's been over like a thousand passes or something or a ridiculous <laughs> number like that, wasn't it? It was it was it was huge. But let's just say, for example, it was a thousand passes, just for simplicity. It might have been a lot less, might have been more weather. But they they were like, oh, there's never been this many passes. And this is where you were saying how it can be misleading. It, when they actually broke it down, it worked out that something like two hundred and fifty were between the two centre halves. So where does that get you up the pitch? If 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 a quarter of your passes are between the two defenders, there's a whole industry. There's a whole industry. Opta being one of the names, but you see these boys online um, must spend their whole waking hours, your teenage years spent in your bedroom compiling statistical charts about who passed to who and their expected goal rate or whatever. I, uh, it baffles me, Aaron. The whole XG expected goal thing, I think, is a is a fucking shambles. I don't know how people can jump on this sort of gravy train of XG. It makes no sense. How can you predict goals? And like, it's just stupid. I I don't care about it. I've never looked into it. I, you know, oh my God, it makes me feel sick to an extent. It's just, it's just the gentrification of football again. It's the bastardization of it. And I'm just not interested. I'm really not. Play football. Play good football, try to win, job done. Absolutely. Football is not a stop-start sport. It's turning into that with the endless VAR at the the top levels. The statistical bollocks is just, I think that's just to supply action on on screen action, whether it's while you're watching the game or when you're looking at social media. I think it's a substitute for people actually having any comment or thoughts or views or any emotion about the game to be... To be frank, anyway, that's 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 statistics slated. So thank you, Cole. But I still don't believe that Alex Pierce was our most valuable player because um, I saw the evidence of my own eyes, which were two sloppy goals from punts down the middle. Um, one last thing before we get, we've got a club shop up, update to go on to, dear listeners. So I just want to mention before we do that, the club are doing this. Um, Millwall fans who go above and beyond. There's a link on the website for fans that do stuff over, above and beyond. Um, you know, kind of do good things. And Kelly Webster's mentioned on there. And we do like Kelly Webster. And we do like what she's doing with the Mill Fan Hub. So I want to encourage anyone listening to the show to um, support Kelly's um, being one of these fans because I think she she did. I know she'll be uncomfortable with all the recognition, Michael, won't she? But um, she is a deserving case for it. I think. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. She's doing she's doing great work, and and also as well, um, it's. Not, not just Kelly, it's everyone else who's helping out as well. I mean, uh, yeah. Larissa Miller, who's yeah, the goalkeeper absolutely. for the line, yeah. is yeah. recently, uh, yeah. recently designed um, a, a goalie glove and um, Sparta goalkeeping made the glove that was auctioned off. So ev- everyone else who's helping Kelly, I mean, Kelly's been phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, there's, there's no ways about it, but everyone else who's helping out as well, hold your head high. So go on the Millwall FC website for that link and um, nominate your fan who goes above and beyond. There are plenty, and I think that's one of the great strengths of our... Our little football club, but we're going to take a short break now. And then when we come back, we'll be back with the the famous or the infamous club shop updates. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you're enjoying Afton Mill Podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it. Love it. If you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. Achtung Mill is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon, and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always, Arrivederci Mill. Welcome back, dear listeners. Now it's Mother's Day soon. Um, and where else would you go shopping, Michael Avery? other than that retail emporium on Zampa Road called the Mill Club Shop. And you've been, you've been digging again, haven't you, mate? You've been, you've been having a nose around in the, in the, um, you know, in, in, in the stock. I feel, I feel we owe it to the fans, the listeners, to, to, to bring these these high quality items. And, and I'm not sure if you noticed, we do, we do it in a QVC style, listeners. Yeah, you, you can just imagine me, Nick and Aaron stood there walking around our lobby of shit. Um, that we're trying to flog to you if you ring a certain number or log in. Uh, excuse my French. Uh, so do you, mind, do you mind if I start? You Off you I go. Start? Go for it. You ready, Aaron? Oh, yeah, I'm ready, man. Look, you know what? One thing I'll say. Michael, obviously, you distribute this this list. I delete the email as soon as I get it. As soon as I get the club shop email, I delete it because I love it. I want it to be a surprise. I love the element of, ooh, ah. You know, that, that's that's what I want, pal. You know? Carry on. Roll the music. Go for it. Okay. So, so dear listener, um, do, do you ever, do you ever go into hug your mother sometimes? And crikey, mum, you're starting to stink a bit. <laughs> do, do you look at all your mum's uh, white musk soap and shampoo and think, if only the woman who gave birth to me had a high quality leather wash bag to put these Londis toiletries in? <laughs> well, if you are, uh, if you are the person who has asked themselves these questions, then the Millwall Club shops. Mother's Day section is for you. Oh, they have a Mother's Day yeah. section. Oh, wow. Okay. They do. They do. It's 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 pink. Not sorry to stereotype or pigeonhole, but it's pink. Blame the club, not us. Um, <laughs> for the absolute steal of thirty-two pounds. It's thirty-two quid. 
<laughs> your mum can now pack up pumice, pumice, stone, you know, yep. the stone that gets dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yep. And toenail clippers in style with the mill black leather wash bags. So don't black delay. Get leather. online and order today. <laughs> Disclaimer. I've got a question. Although this I've got a question. Go, go, go for it before the disclaimer. Is it real leather? Or is it that sort of like... I, I imagine know, Judas Priest would have their black leather wash bag, wouldn't they? Either, you know, like, you know, Saxon or something, a band like that, maybe. No, exactly. Anyway, on to the disclaimer, as always. Disclaimer, although this is a courteous item to show your love, we're not sure on Acton Mill or why an item that's normally in a completely different section of the club shop <laughs> has been chucked in as a Mother's Day item. Can you describe the item, please, Nick? <laughs> oh, there it is. Well, it's, 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 it's a pretty basic... Um, I don't. I can't be real leather. That's got to be faux leather, isn't it? It's got to be uh, plastic of some sort, like a black a black wash bag. I mean, uh, you know, it's they're, they're pretty easily available. Go into Tesco's. I'm sure you could pick one up for a, if you paid a fiver for it. You might feel yourself overstretched. You know, thirty two pounds seems very strong for what I'm looking at here, Michael. I've got to be really honest. Um, it's probably got a, the faintest mill line embossed in one corner for for you know discreet. Um, well, your club affiliations. I mean, I, 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 why would you show it in your shower? I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a strange product, but then I th I get a sense that if you're buying it, you're probably um, possibly a strange strange person. I don't know. And don't forget as well. Don't forget as well. So it's thirty two pounds. So that means delivery oh. is six pounds twenty five. So you're taking it to near forty quid for that's 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 um, that's strong. Dear listeners, shall I do our next one then, Michael? The um, the Millwall. Oh, just very, just very quickly before you do, just another disclaimer. Um, I checked this morning. International deliveries are currently unavailable, dear listener. <laughs> so, um, so this I've is a shout out to it. Doug, Doug Hume, who lives in Sweden. Yeah, if you want to, if you if you want to wash bag, um, you might have to fly back over. Have your two weeks in your hot, um, your quarantine hotel. Get your wash bag and fly back. Amazing. So Amazing. there we go. Well, on the same note, then, in that case, the Mubal Twin Pack Shot Glasses. Does your mother or partner enjoy the occasional tequila to start the day or to have a sunrise or sunset tequila being the, uh, you know, the, the rock and roll drink there? Has the lockdown been so hard on your mum that the first thing she may need is a small glass to hold Millwall Vajazzled Vodka? Vajazzled Vodka. <laughs> And are you rich enough to buy something where the delivery charge is half the price of the item itself? Well, well dear listener, if the answer to these is yes, then you know where to go. That's the Mill Club shop. There, the Mill Twin Pack shot glasses are only six quid. So the missus and your child can spend Mother's Day downing 30% plus alcohol shots before the little one goes back to school the next day. Disclaimer, it might be an idea to buy the Mill Mint Tin to hide the hangover during assembly. Um, two basic glasses of uh, shot glasses um, with a mill lion printed on the side. Probably not the worst product I've seen in the um, in the in the club shop, to be honest. Um, and these are six quid. I, I'm going to say something radical here, Michael. Six pounds for your two mill shot glasses is not a bad deal. There. Yeah, yeah. Did this this was included because again, similarly, how. The vodka was with the children's sweet section of the club shop. Okay. Why? I, so, so I have three children, for example, and I've got a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, yep. and a newborn. Okay. Then you'll need I six not, glasses for their vodka shots, won't you? We, we you would, you would. But again, pounds. I would, I would not think. Do you know what? What a nice present and something to share for my six-year-old with his mother. Shop. <laughs> 
Why is it in the Mother's Day section? And, well, and, that, and that, again, that, that, that defeats me. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, any ideas? Not a clue, mate. Not a clue. For the alcoholic mother in your life who's really fucked off with homeschooling. Well, on, yeah. that, on that note, Michael, you've got the, um, the, the, the marble glitter box. Yes. Which is a yes. bizarre product. So, Go for so, it, so Aaron, Nick and listeners, has your mum or, or partner, because you might find it for your children, have they ever walked around the front room and muttered the immortal worlds? You know what this front room needs? More sparkle. Glitter. Yes. Have you ran out of ideas for what to get your mum after years of white musk, shot glasses and wash bags? And is a glitter box the only thing left on the Club Shop website? Well, if the answer to this is, flipping hell, I need to get something quickly, then log on to the Mill Club Shop and order the Mill Mum Marvel Glitter Box. Also, for an added bonus, the glitter gathers at the bottom to actually cover the only reference to mum. <laughs> Therefore, it can stay in the front room all year round. For £10 and £6.25 delivery, it's a must. £6.25 is a killer there. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yes. This actually is a thing, dear listener. Answers on the back of a postcard for what you would actually use it for, though. Well, this is, this is coming from the genre of seaside snowflake things that you, where you have like a little depiction of a, of a house globe. yeah well you, t- you turn it upside down and shake it and, and and it snows doesn't it you know you get like um touristic kind of um tat you know and this looks like it's coming from that kind of direction mark because it's basically a a, a perspex uh, box it looks like with some form of liquid inside mills badge printed on it and then you've got glitter that you can tip upside down and gives you a kind of Falling glitter, like um, sparkles from the sky, you know, kind of like a, uh, a spectacle. And I suppose you'd probably um, put it on your mantelpiece, wouldn't you? And, and uh, whenever would you, you? <laughs> um, no, no, <laughs> but you could if you had a mantelpiece. Um, it's it's a tenor. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not. A it looks like really it looks like a, a glittery tombstone for the hamster you bury in the back garden. Well, there's a use. There it is. You found it. You found a use for it. Um, the six pound twenty five delivery. Are you done with your ones, Mickey? Oh, the hamsters. No, you're, you're not your hamsters. That's, 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 that's the last one. That's the last one. I want to pick out a couple of gems. Go on. Go found. for it. Go on. Well, it's basically these marble magnets and the marble keyring that just says "Mum" on it, <laughs> like. Mum, you know, the marble coaster that says mum on it, or the other magnet that just says mum on uh, what the hell is that? What are you doing with that? I don't know. Some, something, something's telling me John Berylson's bought shares in a marble company and he's trying <laughs> to flog it, mate. Either that or he's bought Poundland's dead stock from Christmas. That's what he's done. Also, the Millwall Crest latte mug, lattes, not the Millwall I know. <laughs> I'd love to know how many of these items get sold. I'd love to know how many latte mugs are being sold. Who, Nick? Do, do, do are you are you partial to a latte, Nick? Or? No, I, I like my um, I like my coffee, Colombian. I'm very strong. I like it. Um, I'm not a latte. That's that's the one with milk, isn't it? Is it milk? I thought you were say you like a Kenko. No, I, I, I'm an Alta Rica man. Actually, I like. Yeah. Um, but I, I I can't bear weak coffee. You know, it's it's like weak. You bang that in. Is that isn't it? Is that a, a machine you got there or a cafetiere? What, what uh, you... Mrs. Hart has one of those um, Tassimo things. You know, but I, I don't like those. I, I like a decent cup of strong coffee. That's that's my. He needs to he needs to get the caffeine in before he uh, 
as yeah. a hard nut of oval team, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Nick on the oval team. That's it. Can I just say also the Millwall ladies sock as well? I mean, that looks of, that looks of sublime quality. And the ladies pyjamas at 30 quid. 30 quid. I know. Jeez, man. I know. I, mean, I, know. I wore pyjamas, but I won't pay £30 for a set. There's, yeah, there's there, there's some things I was going to chuck in there, but I think that the key rings for £4.50, no one will believe me, or the Primani-style dressing gown for 35 quid was also going a bit far. But we'll let the listeners look at those. Check it all out on the club shop site. The link is on the official website. And um, well, what else would you be doing on your Mother's Day other than uh, trawling for those kinds of products? Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking your time out of your 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 days. Um, what are you up to? You're, you're, you're recording to, or you're broadcasting today, uh, Aaron? You're, you're yeah, thinking? I'm at Watford versus okay. the Wanderers of Wickham. Tune in later on on and do check out. I'm honouring Dulce Aaron's podcast, seventy two plus. It's a really really strong show. It's really interesting. Yours, mate. I was listening to it on my constitutional uh, the other day, and it's a very, very strong listening. So do check that one out. It's on Sounds, BBC Sounds app, 72 plus podcast. Michael, you must return to the world of international high finance, I would imagine. There are deals to be done and large scale transactions to be made. So thank you for taking time out of your, your day today. Yeah, that might there might be neat, but that's not my job. My job is to make sure the lights work. <laughs> Bulbs must be changed. Exactly. Um, if you don't mind can I just do my own quick plug very 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 quickly Um, the the, the virtual challenge that a lot of uh, the Mill fans myself and a few others are taking part in is now live we're trying to virtually get across Europe ladies and gentlemen Um, at the time of recording we are now virtually in Dublin Okay. so uh, me and a few of the other fans and uh, members of Lionesses and the Community Trust are having virtual Guinnesses as we speak you can hear us slurping uh, but no, it's, it's for a good cause. It's for the community trust and um, a bursary project that they are doing where it's basically helping those who are struggling in the local area um, with employment opportunities. So, you know, um, helping them if, if they need things like suits or um, CVs, that kind of thing. So it's all for a good cause. So check that out on the community trust website. Great stuff. We'll stick a link in the show notes. So um, that's, a, that's a great, great cause there. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, we will be back at the weekend, dear listeners. I think it's Blackburn up next. Do you just have a score prediction, Aaron? Mill versus Blackburn on Saturday. What's your score prediction for that one, mate? Uh, Blackburn 1, Millwall 1. 1-1. One, one. Uh, Michael, what are you going to go for? Blackburn nil, Millwall 1. I fancy a win. I think I fancy a win, actually. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go for another one-nil win. I think I think that we had the wind in our sails just um a moment too late in the season to get us anywhere, but I think the wind is picking up in the mill sails. So there's two predictions for a win, one for a draw from Aaron. We shall see. We're back on Sunday when I think I'm speaking to Ryan. So until then, dear listeners, thank you for listening. And Arriva Dirty Mill and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arriva Dirty Mill. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.